Hearing voices? I'm hearing voices. You're listening to Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. May 2022, and if you hadn't noticed, there are food trucks, tents, welcome signs, all reminding us that tulip time is right around the corner. And this year, tulips in full bloom, ready to meet their visitors. I've always thought it was cool when a town was, above all, known for one particular thing. I've traveled around the world, and when folks ask where I'm from, I tell them Indianapolis. No matter where I've been, people are always familiar with the Indy 500 or the Indianapolis 500-mile race. Albuquerque has its balloons, Buffalo its hot wings, Cincy has Skyline or Gold Star Chili, Pamplona runs the Bulls, Woodstock and Hippies, Roswell, New Mexico and Aliens, Hershey and Chocolate, and Holland, Michigan has tulips. This year, we welcome visitors back to Tulip Time. We are able to walk down 8th Street and see license plates from New Hampshire, Iowa, Alabama, even Oregon. It's not likely they're just passing through any more than you would pass through Puxatawney and wonder about the groundhog. People are here to look at tulips and experience Dutch culture, from apple pie with cheese on top to dancing or marching in wooden shoes and taking in the myriad of sights that make Holland, Michigan a delightful place to live and visit. And I'll never forget my first tulip time in 1986. By then I had lived in Holland for four years, but left each summer for camp, an internship in Washington, or a family vacation before the festival. But in 1986, working for WHTC Radio, I quickly learned that tulip time is the busiest week of the year. 34 years have passed, memories surely fade, but thinking back, here's what I recall. The festival lasted four days, but events and many tourists proceeded. I'm not from Holland. I'd had minimal exposure to Dutch culture, so covering the events for radio involved a steep and sometimes whimsical learning curve. I remember being told that I would help broadcast three parades. Three parades in four days, I asked? And we were broadcasting these on radio? And we did. The broadcast crew included Juke Van Oss, myself, and a man named Hal who worked in sales for the station. The two veterans, one already a local legend and one who had a quiet knowledge of Dutch culture and lore, were kind and welcoming for this newcomer. Honestly, I can only remember two of the parades. One involved elected officials, minor celebrities, and some others. One of them has completely slipped from my memory. I can't recall anything. Each parade was different, yet in some ways they were similar. The one that I remember most clearly was called the Volks Parade or Volks March. In this, regular residents of the town dressed in Dutch outfits and walked by our broadcast location on 8th Street. There were wagons, brooms, water, families walking with families, neighbors walking together, and smiles. Oh, lots of smiles. And, of course, students from Holland High School marching down their town's main street in wooden shoes, playing tiptoe through the tulips. Along the parade route, teachers and parents carried spare shoes should one crack. The crowds lining the street were massive. I was shocked at how many had come to our little town. As part of the WHTC coverage, I interviewed folks, much like I do all these years later. I started at the wooden shoe factory, learning the type of wood mattered, and each pair was finished by hand with an old world spirit. I've always been fascinated by wooden shoes. Some are a trophy, gift, or sign of accomplishment. For others, they're functional. To a person, I asked about the comfort and heard, if you wear enough socks, 
They're not too bad. Fun fact, I've never had my own wooden shoes. That needs to change soon. My travels next took me to Dutch Village. I was fascinated by this little self-contained sliver of another world where tourists flock to eat, shop, play, and laugh. I remember candy, rides, a small petting zoo, and a candle-making store. I interviewed the man dipping candles in the requested colors and carving, shaping, and manipulating that warm wax into treasures that families would carry to all corners of these United States. He has since retired in that part of Dutch culture is only a memory. The buses in and around Veldier Tulip Gardens made getting there seem like rush hour in Chicago during a snowstorm. Upon arriving, it was unlike anything I had seen. A new world of color, structure, and heritage of petals perched on a slender stem. After all, it is called tulip time. Next came my visit to a grand old lady. I had seen her at a distance, heard stories and rumors about her, but never actually stood in her shadowy presence. So out I went to Windmill Island, just one of many. Others carried cameras and backpacks. I carried a tape recorder, talked about Dizwan and their impressions of Holland's signature festival. My first tulip time included daily live broadcasts from both Collin and Centennial Parks. Both served as opportunities to meet and visit with people from down the street and across the pond in celebration of our culture and heritage. A celebration of a simpler time when family and faith mixed with hopes, dreams, and industry to produce something we could be proud of. We were able to eat and meet, to sing, dance, clean the streets, worship, and hug. No one worried about coronavirus or even a computer virus in 1986. So here we are in 2022. So much has changed since my first tulip time in 1986. Culture, especially European culture, has come under some scrutiny of late. I do sure love Holland, though. I love its people, and yes, I love tulip time. So enjoy. It's our week. Welcome guests. Join me this week in putting my best foot forward. After all, it is tulip time, Holland's signature event. Have a great weekend, enjoy tulip time, and thanks for listening to Hearing Voices.